For 79 years, the FICO's Bolodrome operated as Franklin's premier destination for bowling leagues and families alike. Since its closing in 2015, many area residents wondered what's next for this iconic property. Enter the New England Chapel, who recently purchased the property and has plans for a total renovation to make it its new parish home. In studio today, I'm joined by Pastor Michael Laird and member Steve Florist to talk about the chapel and its exciting plans for the future. So stay tuned for a conversation about the New England Chapel coming up next on Chapters. Welcome to another edition of Chapters. My name is Jim Derrick. In studio today, I have pastor of the New England Chapel right here in Franklin, Mike Laird, and I have my very good friend, Steve Flores. Great to see you both. Thanks. Thanks for inviting us. The public is buzzing about what New England Chapel is doing right here in the center of town and where you will be located shortly, which is in the old FICO's Bolodrome. Yeah, we're super excited about that. Yeah, you know, um, we're glad for a number of reasons. One, we've been tucked away in the back corner of Franklin on, on Kenwood Drive off of Grove Street for over 20 years. And this um, is, is, is a lot more visible. It's a lot more uh, space for us in, as far as uh, um, land and, and location. And uh, But the other reason is... Um, we can actually save some of the fecal legacy. And so we're going to use some of the bowling lanes for, you know, uh, oh, uh, some conference great. tables and a coffee bar and, and some of the signage in some of our, cl- our kids' classrooms. And, and we'll be able to, uh, you know, really pay homage to uh, uh, an institution that has benefited families for, for decades. And a family name that has a lot of tradition here in Franklin. What a wonderful concept. I had no idea. And and I'm one of those people. I, I used to go down, Steve, I don't know whether you took the kids down We've there. We've been there with the kids over the years. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it was a great experience. You know, I mean, everybody would say on a rainy day, you want to go bowling before the onset of videos, onslaught of videos games. And, um, it's, that's wonderful that you're doing that. Yeah, you know, we um, we when we announced it to our uh, in a church service, we we got a uh, immediate applause, and afterwards, you know, dozens of people. I had my first date there. I had, you know, our kids had birthday parties there. So, um, you know, I realized just how impactful that that uh, little spot was for families in Franklin. Mike, for people that aren't familiar with New England Chapel, and and it, uh, if you're not, uh, hey, you only have to go down to right across from Town Hall and. There they are. Tell us a little bit about New England Chapel, the how the chapel was formed, and what type of church you are. Sure. Um, well, we are. Uh, l- let me just start off by saying we are a Christian church. I think uh, because we meet in a warehouse and uh, we we have uh, you know a, a guitars and a drum set up on stage. That you know some people are like you know what's going on here. Yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, you know all our pastors are seminary trained, ordained. Um, but uh, um, our uniqueness really is um, we're very plain Jane when it comes to the Christian faith. We're a biblical church. Uh, you know, basically we, we try to help people understand and embrace Christian faith. Mm-hmm. But what's unique about it, uh, us is um, not, the, not the content, but the delivery. We go out of our way to just make faith um, accessible, uh, take down barriers to faith. And uh, um, really, the, the, the seeds for New England Chapel started, believe it or not, in a bar room, um, where it started with a conversation with a bunch of uh, friends that um, never went to church. And they were talking to Chris Mitchell, our founding sure. senior pastor. Yeah. And uh, they couldn't believe that Chris was a pastor. 
And they're like, what happened to you? You became a Christian and then a pastor. And, yeah. and, uh, um, and, and, and Chris began to say, uh, you know, what if there was a church where, you know, it didn't matter what you wore and you could, you could actually bring coffee in. And uh, the music was more like the music y- you listened to. It was engaging and, and, and it was uplifting. And you heard a message that you, as soon as you walked out the door, you could begin to apply. And it, and it didn't make you feel bad. It didn't make you feel judged. It didn't make you feel like God was upset or distant from you. But it actually brought you closer to God. Would you go to a church like that? And they were all like, yes, you know, you know, where is this unicorn? And, and, uh, that was the, that conversation was the, the, the beginnings of New England Chapel. And, uh, Chris reached out to uh, me and, and I was engaged at the time. And, and, uh, uh, with the backing of, uh, a denomination, um, we began a New England Chapel really, uh, in, uh, it, it started in, in these little development, uh, meetings in his living room. And, uh, before a service was ever um, on the radar and and uh, and then then uh, we actually uh, started with a, a an office space below Acapulco Acapulco yeah. I read about yeah. that yeah and um, and we had our first services uh, in 1998 in the Horseman Middle School and we started with about 30 people yeah. and uh, we just kept growing we just kept growing we moved from middle school to the high school and then we moved to uh, 40 Kenwood yeah. with, with just one one bay right. and then we kept growing kept growing um, and uh, now we have two bays um, uh, the, the space that, that we're renting now um, and uh, we've just been growing primarily because um if you don't mind me getting get a little preachy for a second. No, please you go ahead. That's your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not off today, are you? <laughs> no. Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, uh, right in the first chapter of the first book of the Bible, it says God created everybody uh, and uh, we're created by God for God. And, and we all have these deep, uh, you know, um, um, empty pockets of, of, you know, what's, what's our purpose? What's our meaning? Uh, is God real? Is God out there? And I think to be human in a way is to sort of reach out beyond our, um, the natural to the supernatural. And, 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 uh, New England Chapel has done everything to make the Bible Christ, um, um, church accessible. And so, um, you could have never gone to church before, walk into a service and you wouldn't be confused. You wouldn't be saying, do I stand up? Do I kneel? Do I, uh, uh, where's the book that, um, you know, everything we do is, is uh, um, to help people embrace, really experience God so that they can embrace faith later on. You know, what a great description, Mike. Um, and thank you for that. It, uh, I've thought this for many, many years that there has to be a way to be both spiritual and excited about expressing spirituality in a group. And I sometimes religion seems to interfere with that organized religion. So the the dogma of you know exactly what I have to do, when I have to do it, when do I kneel, when do I when do I sit, uh, how do I pass the peace? Um, all of these traditions and rituals over time for me, and this is just me personally, have become a little bit stale and sometimes interfere on a Sunday with me really connecting to God and to those that I'm trying to connect with. Yeah, you know what? Um, religiosity, you're, you're talking about religious practices within the service. And yes. that's a little bit different. Okay. Um, I grew up, uh, I, I grew up, my dad was Catholic, went to Catholic church a lot. My mom was Methodist and, and, and kind of went through, had a foot in both churches. So I'm a religious mutt, half Catholic, half yep. Protestant. Yep. Um, and uh, for some people, 
the smells, the bells, the nails, the stand-ups is helpful. It, it, it keeps them engaged. But for, uh, for myself, uh, very easily distracted for a, a younger generation, um, it, sometimes the, the, the religious practices within the service isn't so helpful. Yeah. But, but I, I want to uh, talk for a second, if you don't mind, um, and, uh, that uh, religiosity outside of the worship service is what kills faith. Right. So so I think the average person would, you know, what what's faith all about? Well, it, it, it's I, I, sh- I should be good. I should do good things and I should avoid doing bad things. Uh, <laughs> if you really pay attention to what Jesus said, he, he, he really he really tries to blow that up um, because religiosity says, hey, my 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 standing and my well-being um, in regards to God depends on me. Christianity is the exact opposite. If you think about it, it's uh, it's not what you do, um, it's not what you don't do. It's what God has done for you, and uh, um, and so religion is the um, enemy of faith. I, I was just going to say it sounds like a polar opposite. It is. It is. Yeah. Wow. You will never grasp grace if you think it's up to you, and if you think it's up to you, you will always feel distance from God. You missed the point. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And, and, you know, as I watched New England Chapel grow, um, and again, I was very involved in, in my church, basically the board of directors. So I looked at numbers. Numbers was important. Metrics were important to me. And I just happened to say, what's going on over there? And I watched this church go from zero in 1996, literally explodes and does exactly the opposite of what is happening nationwide to religion, organized religion, which, you know, the Gallup shows us with a uh, well over 20 point decrease, 20 percent decrease in people that consider themselves to be a part of organized religion. Uh, And you're doing you're defying logic and defying gravity. And you are actually blowing the numbers off, bringing people into your church. But I think I just heard one of the answers as to why. In fact, I know I did. It's uh, it's taking religiosity out of the equation and saying, no, the grace doesn't start with you, pal. Yep. yep. <laughs> it starts with the divine. Absolutely. And, absolutely. And I, I find that to be very, very compelling. I want to remind everyone, we are speaking with the pastor of the New England Chapel, Mike Laird, and also a member at the New England Chapel, Steve Flores. And we're talking about the New England Chapel's exciting new move. They're on the move. They're moving from Kenwood Circle over to the old FICO's Bolodrome, which they have purchased uh, along with the land around it, and are going to be renovating that and opening new exciting worship space here this fall. My name's Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find my podcast at chaptersradio.com. Steve, I wanted to bring you into the conversation. You have been a Franklin resident for many, many years. We met on the Little League fields when we were we people, or we had we people. We did. Yeah. How, how, how long have you lived in Franklin? I've been in Franklin 26 years. 26 years. And, and you joined New England Chapel? We had friends, we had friends that went to uh, New England Chapel when they first went to Kenwood, yep. 40 Kenwood, yep. and was, were in the warehouse in the corner. And we went for a little while yep. as a young family. Yeah. And then we got away from it. And then uh, eventually, years later, we, uh, we came back. Yeah. And at that time, it had started to grow, broke through the wall, expanded, and uh, been there ever since. And you've become a very active member. I, I, I have. Yeah. I have. It's, been, it's meant a lot to me. I grew up as a Protestant, as a Methodist. And, um, you know, that was the hymnals and the choir and the singing and the... And, and that was fine, and that's the way my, my parents were, were Protestant. 
And then as you become an adult and have a family, I think you start searching for that church, that place to belong. Mm -hmm. And this was a place where, and we were talking about it, about it last night in the Bible study, that uh, it's, a, it's a place where it meets you where you are when you walk in. What a great way to put it. Meet you where you are. So come one, come all. If you don't know what the Bible even looks like, if you've never read the, you know, the very first page, please join us. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of it. I mean, I mean, that's the mission, but that's part of the success, quote unquote. Steve, we've known each other for, for many years, and um, you've been kind enough to share with me your faith journey. Um, would you mind talking a little bit about your faith journey and what New England Chapel has, the experience of being in communion with everybody at New England Chapel, how that has changed or uh, changed your faith journey? Well, the way it started is I probably about 12 years ago, I went back and I said, something's missing. Mm -hmm. Something's missing in my life. Yep. This is fine. We have the house, the car, the pool, the golden retriever. Yeah. You know, what's next? Yeah. Um, and I knew I was in trouble in my life. I was struggling with some issues, my marriage, yeah. Um, my drinking. Yeah. And I, I went to New England Chapel and I sat in the, came in and sat in the back row. I was the last one in, the first one to leave. And then someone came up to me and put his arm around me and said, hey, you're going on the men's retreat? And, uh, and that was Eric. And I, I, I looked at him and I said, I gave him the proverbial answer. I said, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Well, you know, that's an yeah, absolute that's an no. Yeah, I use that one all the time. <laughs> so two weeks later, I'm in a van heading up to upstate New York on this men's retreat. Yeah. And, um, and while I was there, I was talking to uh, Brian Wiggers, who was one of the uh, associate pastors uh, in, in the church at the time. And we started talking. So Brian was instrumental in leading me to my sponsor, who was also a member of the church, who led me to my sobriety, who led me on my path. So my sobriety is a spiritual-based deal. And so I have NEC to thank for that. So that was kind of my really, I, I opened the door a crack. I showed up every Sunday, and I heard something every Sunday. And I used to sit there and say, He's talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever experienced that? You know, uh, once in a while, I have. And, and you remember it when, when it happens. Yeah. 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 And it seemed to repeat for you. And being your friend and watching yeah. this uh, transformation, take, it was very palpable. Steve, what is, how excited are you about this move down to Ficos and, and the location? What does that do for the parish from a parishioner's standpoint? Well, first of all, when Mike Lear took over and... Uh, that was that was quite a transition, yeah. a big a big transition. Yeah, it's just for clarification, I was uh, just I was a associate pastor, um, and when when our senior pastor, founding pastor Chris, stepped down, I, I took the senior pastor role. Wonderful. So that was the transition. And, when, yeah. and what year was that? Mike? Oh, I think that was three years ago, twenty sixteen. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. So for you, so so Mike soon Mike no sooner takes over, and now we're we're talking about a building. And, and, and we've been talking about a building for a long time. Now, I don't have a problem with the warehouse. I got used to the warehouse. I kind of like the warehouse. Yeah. But from a numbers, for, for a lot of different reasons, yeah. financial being one of them, hey, we need to get our own place. You were leasing the space over in uh, the industrial park? Yeah. Yeah. We're actually going to save about half of what we pay in rent by buying a place. Wonderful. Yeah. So this is both a, a fantastic move in terms of location and ownership, but it's a real financial 
blessing as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just to have your own space and have that identity, and uh, and we're going to have fun with the Ficos pot. I remember a lot of people were saying, now we're going to keep a couple of the alleys, right? Yeah. And um, not really. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> so no b- bowling but, during but the homily, yeah. during the sermon, right? One lane would yeah. take up about four classrooms, yeah. Kid, ca- yeah. kids' classrooms. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Steve, for sharing your, your personal journey. Um, I, I think it's so important to hear testimony from people that have been through a faith journey. And I'm always interested in the story behind it uh, because um, uh, I myself personally have, have felt the impact of living a life pretty much for 40, almost 50 years where uh, I, I got a, a just a big enough box to fit one kid in. Now I need a bit of a bigger box to buy more stuff, fill that up. Then I got to get a two-car garage attached to that bigger box. And as George Carlin said, I was living a life of accumulating stuff, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And then you live the second part of your life getting rid of the stuff in a race to downsize. <laughs> um, and in the meantime, completely lost spiritually because, frankly, what I was worshiping had either four wheels and a new ragtop uh, convertible or it was that dream. I was always thinking, what's next? I can't wait to get, you know, this might be okay, but when I retire, I'm headed to that beach. I can't wait to get there. I was never comfortable in the present. Mm-hmm. And um, for me... This whole faith journey uh, opens that door to getting back on track for me personally. Um, And it's never too late. That's another thing I've learned. You know, actually, uh, what you said about wanting the next thing and the next thing, uh, that's what suffers the most in that kind of – and it's it's sort of – autopilot for us we, we live thinking all right um i'm gonna get that house and 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 then i'm gonna get this house and then i'm gonna get the beach house and we see life as destination points and what suffers is the relationships and so meanwhile uh, you're not connecting with your spouse you're not connecting with your kids and and, and you're stuck but you're still moving forward because your cars are getting better your houses are getting better uh, so so outwardly uh you're, you're shining more In, inwardly yeah you're stuck and and, and uh um the uh you know the broken is just festering. It can crush. It's crushing. Uh, I, having experienced it, I can speak for myself and share my experience. It's absolutely crushing. Sorry, I didn't mean to go deep. I saw, you're drawing no, me towards I, mini I, sermons here, I like. Jim. I like deep. <laughs> I love sermons. I want to remind everybody, we are speaking with the New England Chapel. Mike Laird is the pastor at the New England Chapel, and my friend Steve Flores, who's a parishioner there. My name's Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find my podcast at Chapters Radio. Mike, I was talking to you a little bit about my experience with um, the Safe Coalition uh, in Franklin, and a coalition by definition is to gather community partners. The uh, New England Chapel is very involved in the community here. Uh, What does it mean to you to be a community partner in the town of Franklin and beyond? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a a huge core value of ours. Mm -hmm. If uh, a church is not adding value to uh, its its community around them. Well, you know what? I, <laughs> uh, for us, it, it, it is it is so important. Um, so we look at faith like if if you were to uh, toss a stone into a, a still lake. You know, uh, the first impact when it comes to a- a- embracing faith is on yourself, um, and then 
uh, as God brings the best out in you, um, your, 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 your relationships are going to get better. Your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your kids are going to get better, and it ripples out. Um, and then you have a bunch of people who are God's bringing the best out in. A com- um, that should make ripple effects into the community. And so uh, we're, con- uh, we're connected to uh, the why. And, and uh, um, two years ago, we got one of the Y's Red Triangle Awards for being a good partner. Fantastic. Uh, we connect with uh, the, the food pantry. Um, we connect with um, uh, Franklin Ho- Homeless uh, Coalition. Yeah. Uh, we want to bring out the best in Franklin. Um, not so uh, we can uh, get accolades or just as a natural uh, automatic extension to what it means to um, to embrace a God who is in the habit of bringing out the best in us. Yeah. He calls us to bring out the best. In, in those around us. Yeah. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's a core value. Mm-hmm. It's a core principle. And so this has to be accessible for, I mean, I mean the community has, you have to be outward facing in order to, to meet that mission. Yeah. I mean, I looked at some of the support groups that you have uh, and uh, uh, conversation uh, groups like Bible studies. You've got a lot of them and, and they cover a wide range of topics. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, not everybody learns the same way. Not everybody has the same needs. Not, a, you know, there, there are some people who uh, are Red Sox fans. Yeah. <laughs> some people hate the Red Sox and uh, are only Pats fans. And, and so, uh, yeah, so uh, organically these things uh, um, pop up. And so, uh, for, for example, just just um, um, now now uh, we don't we, we don't start these groups. They're they're they're, they're groups uh, that have. Uh, ha- um, but if I look at, at the recovery groups that meet here at New England Chapel, we have an AA and Al-Anon. We have two NAs. We have an OA. Um, and uh, and you, have a, you had a road to recovery for parents and loved ones. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, we have a, uh, we we have periodically a divorce care, um, and, and they're just. Uh, these are just, uh, um, they really fit naturally at New England Chapel. And as far as Bible studies, like, you know, some people, uh, they don't, they don't want to study the Bible per se because it's too intimidating, but, uh, they'll, they'll jump on a service, a service project. We just had a, a, a team come back from, um, um, South Carolina where they were rebuilding homes hit from Hurricane, I think it was Harvey, I can't remember. Um, and uh, 14 guy, uh, uh, men and women went down, a couple, a couple teens went down, and uh, they, they, they helped people get back in homes that were out of their home for, for, for um, it's more than a dozen months. And uh, um, it's a way that they can experience God together, uh, um, and it, it just helps them develop in their in their faith walk. And so we have service groups. We have, uh, and when when they're ready for a little bit more faith development, there's plenty of opportunity to dive into the, uh, uh, you know, get to know the Bible a little bit, dive into faith a little bit. And you are a family uh, centric parish. Uh, family is important. So, uh, do children and teens, uh, young adults, have an opportunity to go? Take part in missions like this? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so we have uh, we're kid infused everywhere yeah. um, in our in our worship bands, uh, in our trips, in our service opportunities. Um, and if you look, if you were to look at our budget, a good portion of it is staff geared towards helping uh, marriages, parents kids awesome and so we uh you know we have uh we call it kids zone we have little kids zone and big kids zone uh during the service and when they're old enough uh to be in the service we try to make service engaging so that it it hits everybody Mm -hmm. um and uh um they're not saying we we actually have parents that have come back because their kids have liked it so (laughs) um 
Huh? Yeah, exactly. Wow. What? You know, when I when I was a kid, I was <laughs> no. Like, we're still oh, on the air. That yeah. <laughs> that's actually true. <laughs> and uh, not a common thing. <clears throat> we have a uh, we have a vibrant middle school program, high school program. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mike, I'm going to ask a, a question that um, I think a lot of us ask when we're exploring either a new church or a new community to be engaged with, particularly when it involves the R word, religion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where does the New England Chapel fall in terms of inclusivity, if that's a word? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think, yeah, I'm interested in things like, um, uh, you know, we have uh, um, LGBT sure. uh, community that, that needs to have their uh, be ministered to. We've got all types of divorce. We've got all types of communities that are out there that traditionally, traditionally religion, uh, organized religion has said, you are either welcome here, you're welcome here under these circumstances, we're going to limit your your rights here in some in some traditions, practices. And frankly, it's alienating to a lot of people like me yeah. who have a gay sister, who has been divorced, who have had life come up in my, and, and really don't want to be told that I'm not welcome at the table. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Jim. Um, so what, what we try to do, we have a very, very simple um, um, framework when it comes to um, how we welcome a wide variety of people. And, and basically, we'd really just follow Jesus as a lead here. And, and uh, Jesus was a magnet uh, for Folks who didn't fit into the traditional religious, um, if you look at it, uh, uh, um, uh, feel free to edit this out if it's too preachy. The three L's, the least, the last, the lost, was uh, to be in that category, um, it didn't matter if you're rich or poor, uh, man or woman, uh, young or old, um, if you didn't fit into that religious niche, you you were an outsider, you're an outcast. And and, uh, uh, Jesus went out of his way, literally out of his way to uh, say, hey, you are made in God's image. Uh, A connection with God is not only possible, it's here and now for the taking. And we've always had that stance. our tagline has always been a church for people who have given up on church. <laughs> now we have to adjust. We probably have to adjust that because um, that was great 20 years ago. Now there there are people who haven't given up on church. They just never saw church as a, a viable option for 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 help or right or, or, or the relevance inspiration. factor. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How is this relevant in my life? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but um, uh, any human being on this planet could walk into a service and feel welcomed, um, they could understand the message, they wouldn't feel alienated or judged. Um, now, having said that, uh, a church is um, made up of us, right? And we're not perfect. And so if you run into the, ro- the wrong person who, who didn't have the right cup of coffee that morning, maybe. You bring up but, a great uh, point. And, yeah. and, and it's happened in faith communities that I belong to since I was born. We are human, and as a result, we'll mess something up along the way. Uh, And I've been a part of it, and I've also witnessed it uh, and and, and been frustrated with it. But I think uh, the underpinning that you just described of what what is our purpose here? Are we welcoming, or are we going to try to tell the guy over there that's got the gay son, you really got to work on this kid to bring him back around out of sin? Um, or to the person that has a substance abuse issue, you know, you really you're on yeah. the margin. We'll we'll bring you in this week, but you got to work on it. That's the point, right? That's religion. I mean, that's what we talked about. Right, exactly. If, Thank you. That's if, where if I was you need for. to if you need to um, do X, Y, or Z before you're you're welcome. That that is religion. Yeah, that is religion. Thank you for talking about that. I think too often people are afraid to broach that 
because either A, they feel limited in their understanding, or B, they're afraid to offend somebody. And the fact of the matter is, it's a big umbrella. I am not, I want to make it very clear, I am not uh, casting aspersion on anybody's faith practice, uh, anybody's uh, uh, tradition or religion. Uh, it, it is simply a, a viewpoint that I've had over the years. Uh, and I think it's part of my faith journey, too. Let's talk about your website for a minute. It is newenglandchapel.org. And you can go on here. It's a great website. There's a super video that talks about uh, the move. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in latest news. But we can also ask, access sermons. And are they uh, uh, PDFs or are they you can actually hear the sermon? Yeah, you can hear it. It's not a video. Uh, that That's my preference, actually. Don't blame uh, you me. don't want to yeah. see my ugly mug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but do you wear a Red Sox shirt while you're preaching? Actually, I wore a Red Sox T-shirt last Sunday. Yep. Really? And, and someone came up to me and said, when are you going to give them up? They're, they're terrible. And I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not a bandwagon fan. No way. thick and thin. No way. Yep. So your last sermon was on shame? It was on shame, yeah. Uh, we just started a series. We, we love to work in series. We just started a series where we're using Marvel, the Marvel Universe. I see that. It's right uh, on your web, on your homepage. Yeah, and, and uh, so we're, we're using uh, characters that everybody's familiar with um, to, to look at some good biblical issues and, uh, and some good God uh Promises and truths, and and I, I'm I I love Marvel. I loved Avengers, and and uh, you know, <laughs> uh, and so uh, I'm stoked about the series. But um, we started with brokenness, and yeah. that's part of uh, Marvel's niche. You know, you look at some of the DC characters in DC movies, and and uh, they're awesome. But Marvel has um, you know has just blown away DC dollar revenue in the movie theater and I'm convinced it's because they're broken they're real they're relatable um, you know what we can't relate to Superman but we can relate to uh, um, you know uh, Iron Man who, who is e- egoti- egotistical and yeah. arrogant you know <laughs> absolutely or, or uh, you know the Black Widow who is uh, you know just feels guilt and regret about her past you yeah. know Steve, I looked at your face when you talked. You were talking about your faith experience and being around other like-minded people that are also on a journey. It's really empowering, isn't it? isn't it, to have these conversations that with people that want to talk about stuff like this? Yes, and I was going to say, I think if we if we had to qualify people, none of us would get in. Absolutely. I mean, so I I start with that. I start with that. And luckily, the only qualification is to be human. Wow. You know, that's that's a message. And, and Mike, you keep apologizing for being preachy. I, I, I listen, uh, it's public radio. <laughs> it's educational and it's fun. I love these conversations. And, and I think there's something else to be said for the way they come. We come across in NEC or the way um, the service is presented or whatever. They're they're all so transparent. The transparency is there. So that's our humanness. And I think that's very powerful. And that's what comes across. And that's how people can relate. To me, it would make a difference when you have a pastor and you have a church that values connection, that values transparency, that values authenticity, if you will. So when you have a, an institution like New England Chapel that is connecting with people, I think it goes a long way to addressing some of the fundamental problems we have as people. And, and you know, so, for instance, with with substance abuse, with mental health issues, with most of the problems in life. You name the problem, I believe it's, it's, a, it's a lack of connection with our higher power, right, that causes disease. Isolation is the problem. Mm-hmm. Connection is a solution. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we are not going to grow as people if we're 
disconnected from people. Yeah. And, and uh, um, so we were talking this goes back to our beginning of our conversation we can accumulate and show all the markings of growth but internally we will never grow until we're in relationship because relationship being, brings uh, challenge it brings um, it brings competition it brings conflict it uh, uh, people the right people if there's a good amount of trust and we know the person's looking out for our best interests they will help bring out the best in us and so so uh, you know whether it's a connection with God or a connection with others we need the we need both of those connections to become the people, to reach our full potential. I want to remind everybody, we are speaking with the New England Chapel pastor, Mike Laird, and and member Steve Flores. My name's Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find my podcast at chaptersradio.com. And importantly, please take a look at the old FICO's uh, Bolodrome, which uh, the New England Chapel is going to do a great job of honoring as they have purchased the building, they are renovating the building for worship space, and they will continue uh, to honor the FICO's legacy, which was a family uh, enterprise, a Mm -hmm. family-forward enterprise here in Franklin for years and years and years. Uh, thank you to that family for the for their stewardship of a place that allowed people like me and Steve to get together with their kids on a low cost, uh, budget friendly, uh, fun activity uh, where families make connections uh, as opposed to sitting over a computer screen or a video game. And I can't wait to see what's going on inside over at FICO's over time. When do you think you'll be open for worship? At that location, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, where we just have to uh, avail ourselves to the process, and so we have applied for a demo permit. We have the site approval plan um, being submitted soon, and then uh, construction permits will be released. And and um, you know, I really am hesitant to give any kind of deadline. Sure. Yeah, but, that's uh, smart. <laughs> but but uh, you know, we're 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 full uh, full speed ahead on um, going through the the correct process, and 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 we've got some. Uh, some uh, great, really skilled uh, subcontractors are going to come in, and they'll do a great job and a, and a quick job. And so we hope, hopefully, we'll uh, so exciting. be dragged out. Now, how are you financially supporting this renovation and purchase? Does this all come from within the congregation, within uh, your membership? Yep. Uh, for the most part, uh, there's a... Uh, being around for 22 years, we have we have folks that uh, were a part of NEC that have moved away, yeah. um, but but they're no longer part of our congregation, but are but are still uh, behind us. And so, um, so basically, the the, the church um, has purchased the land in the building, and then we are in the middle of a capital campaign, and uh, to 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 raise the money for the renovation. And and most of it's coming from within, but uh, some of it is coming from outside. Yeah, Mike, I want to give people an opportunity to contact you. Should they be interested in checking out uh, your service, a service, talking with the pastor? Yeah. Uh, how would they do that? Yeah, well, um, if you go online, uh, you can go to our our staff uh, link, and you'll see all our, our staff pictures up there. And I believe my email's on there. Yes, but it, it, yes it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's newenglandchapel, all spelled out, dot org is the website. I'm on it right now. It's a super easy website to navigate. And as Mike correctly said, there's great pictures, which I love because you can see all of these smiling faces on the staff. Uh, you have the ability to contact 
contact Mike directly uh, and uh, get in touch. Check check the community out. Um, again, this is not a recruitment show. This is New England Chapel didn't ask to be here. I reached out to them to be here, and I think that's important to know. Uh, but it is an, such an important uh, partner in our community, and there's such a great opportunity to walk in and connect with people if you hear something on today's program that you identify with. And even if you don't, check it out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, Thank you. it's well worth it. Um, Mike, you have children of your own. Yep. I have uh, uh, 17, 15, and 11-year-olds. And where do you live? In Franklin. Oh, okay. Yeah. In Franklin. Yep. I'm sorry. I thought you were in another town. Yep. Um, children involved in sports. Um, so uh, my oldest is huge into technology. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he can tear apart a computer and rebuild it in, 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 a, in a heartbeat, really. He is, uh, he, he, he's very gifted technology. My uh, middle son, it lo- huge outdoor, hike, fish, all that. Awesome. Um, and I just came back from being a counselor and training at a camp in Maine for the summer. And Fantastic. So, and my, uh, my daughter is just an animal lover. She wants to be a vet, and uh, she dabbles in sports every once in a while, yeah. but, uh, you know, she loves... Congratulations. Thank you. It, Thank you. It, there's nothing more rewarding oh, yeah. than children, in my opinion. My favorite title is Dad, and I know it. Steve shares that love for that title. Rewarding and humbling, I would say. Right? Man, wow. <laughs> You're always feeling like... What? I didn't, you know, first it's the selfishness, right? Yeah, that yeah, hits when yeah. they're babies. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize how selfish I was, yeah. but I don't want to do these things, but I'm going to do them anyways. Cause, I tell you, Steve yeah. and I uh, met on the baseball field, and we have, have we ever had more fun? Love it. And and I have to give out a shout out to J.B. Flores, who, in my opinion, is one of the nicer, importantly, one of the nicer young men on the planet. Uh, and it starts there, but he's also a really good ball player. Um, and I miss him on the field as a little kid. Well, that's great. Yeah. Oh, he was, yeah. We had we had such a ball coaching those kids, and we won one. We won a couple. <laughs> we won a couple, uh, and he's headed off to college uh, next year. Yeah, I mean, where's JB? Where did the time go? To the University of New Haven in Connecticut. University of New Haven in Connecticut. That's so much fun. Yep. And he may play ball down there. He may. He may. He has. Uh, he's going to try out. Yeah. 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 Now, uh, Mike, you you went to. Seminary, seminary, did you say? Yep. Whereabouts? Yep. So I went to Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary yeah. in on the North Shore. It's in South Hamilton, sure. Mass. And um, uh, actually, my degree is in accounting and tax from Bentley College. Actually, and <laughs> that's a long story. He's uh, smart. Yeah, yeah wicked you, smart. Steve. I'm sitting <laughs> here saying, smart. "What are we doing here?" <laughs> you'd have to have me back to hear that transition, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe not. You know, I, I'm very interested in your in your faith journey. If if you'd be willing to share, um, sh- sure. You know, um, so like I said, I grew up in a mixed uh, um, faith house: a Protestant mom, Catholic dad, and and really, we would go to mass if. Uh, if we had a uh, you know a, basque, a, a baseball practice or something or a, or early tea time, we'd get in, get out, go to St. Mike's in Lowell. I grew up in the Greater Lowell area, and um, if or uh, you know we go to the longer Protestant service. I like the Catholic service because it's quicker and and uh, <laughs> um, and and honestly, I am uh, as about as New England skeptic as you can imagine, and uh, um, I can sit, uh, um, to just. Just be a little bit candid. I can sense BS a mile away. Absolutely. And, and I couldn't wait to the time I didn't have to go to church anymore. Yeah. And my parents said, you know what? While you're in our house until you're 18, um, you have to go to church. That was the mantra back mom. then. That yep. was that was my mantra. I lived by that. Yeah. And it was it was like uh, about as appealing to me as taking the the rubbish out to the curb. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. An obligation. Yeah. And uh, didn't didn't like it. Didn't like it. Now there there was great great people in in church sure. in both my mom and my dad's church but uh i just um it it just didn't seem real it just just it it, it seemed like wow we just 
pop in here for an hour on Sunday, go through the motions and then leave. And it's like, why did we do that? I couldn't see any relevance or impact and uh, couldn't wait for that birthday so I could stop going and free up a little bit more time in the morning on Sundays or, uh, or Saturday afternoons if I went with my dad. And so, uh, but um, it was uh, the summer between my... This is this is a slightly embarrassing here. I'm airing my dirty laundry in. <laughs> Let me uh, mark this. Uh, the minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it was in between my uh, junior and senior year in high school where um, um, I, I was uh, big into partying. You know, uh, I, I, I I loved everything of of high school. I, I I dove into sports. I dove into grades. And I dove into partying and uh, um, and had friends in, in all of the different cliques in, in high school, you know, and and uh, um, but um, I uh, how do let, let me uh, let Just me give that wherever you want to go. Let me give the G version. OK, okay? here we go. So so uh, after a particular heavy night of partying, my um, I, w- I was not in a go to church mode my mom was miffed because she could tell I, I i probably was wearing half the bear in my uh, on my shirt that I went to bed and, yeah. and uh, um yeah. and so she made me go she made me get in the car and so um, i'm probably like 16 and a half maybe oh boy yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, uh so i'm sitting in the church service with my hands over my ears because i have a huge hangover sure. and i'm not loving it and it was in that like bottom of the barrel from a church standpoint moment where I really, um, I, I am not a super charismatic guy. Um, I am, uh, um, but, uh, I, I really felt God saying, Mike, I have so much more for you than this. I'm real and I'm out there. You right? remember this like it was yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. It was a watershed moment in my life. And so, um, wow. um, yeah, so I, this is going to sound crazy, but uh, I went back home that day and uh, I got down on my knees um, and said, God, if you are real, I'm willing to give you a shot. This is arrogant 16 and a half year old Mike here, giving the creator of the universe a shot. <laughs> exactly. It sounds like the baseball players I know. Exactly. Derek Jeter. <laughs> Maybe not Derek Jeter. Yeah. That's a A-Rod. Yeah. And then, and so I said, I'm, I'm willing to go all in. I'm willing in. to give you a shot. Go all in for a moment. And the minute I find out this is a scam, I am out. And so, uh, so I started reading the Bible. And uh, um, at my mom's church, there was a youth pastor that uh, I think he made it his life mission to help me understand and embrace faith. And, and so, you know, he would take me out for ice cream and, and uh, just pour into me. Uh, you know, we'd play basketball together. And uh, it was very helpful for helping me understand what uh, who Christ was all about, what the Bible's all about, what faith's all about, even though I grew up in the church, you know? And so um, 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 I never turned back from that moment. And um, my, my faith, God just proved himself more and more real, more and more reliable, more and more trustworthy. And uh, now... I, I'm a huge skeptic, right? You know, I, I can smell BS a mile, mile away, and that's why I try to uh, remove every shred of that from my preaching. And what you get is real life, real answers. That's one of our taglines, but it's it's legit. Um, and so um, I, 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 I wanted to study other religions. I wanted to study, um, I, I just wanted an intellectual assurance to match my experience. You wanted a comparative analysis. Yeah, yeah. a comparative T-charts analysis. And, and I really metrics. wanted to vet yeah. out this Christian faith thing. Sure. And so, uh, uh, so, um, so, 
uh, eventually it just led me to a, a deeper conviction that uh, th- that there's a, there's a God of the, uh, who, who created everything. He created us in his image and likeness, and we can uh, are most fully alive when we are connected to our creator. And so thank you for sharing that. That's a real uh, personal uh, look into um, into your faith experience, and what I really appreciate about that, Mike, is that you know people hear pastor and they think, and I I always have priest, pastor, leader, and you think, oh my gosh, there has to be something that I could never understand that was involved in their development. You know, they're better than me clearly, and they've different than me, and they are going to use words that I don't understand, and so I'm not going to ask. But what I appreciate so much about your story is I think anybody can relate to that. If you you know, and, and my challenge has always been, do I pay attention to the voice the first time? Because mm-hmm. at 16 and a half, you're sitting there, you got a couple options. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old you are, but you can go back and listen to your Leonard Skinner album and uh, and have another beer. For me, it was Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin album. Excellent. Great <laughs> choice, by the way. Or you can say, you know, and I'm sure it wasn't automatic, but I'm sure there was some wiggle back and forth, but doesn't sound like a lot and you listened yeah you well i'd like to think that was the first there was probably like 17 yeah. others before it and i yeah. finally uh i finally listened but uh yeah 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 you know what um i think um just the fact that it, it, in the summertime you go to the beach and you just when, when you look out on the ocean you see the sense of horizon and you feel the sense of like um i I heard it once described as appropriate smallness. Yes, you know, you yes. go up to a mountaintop and you look out. Um, uh, we just came back from a, a, a trip where we we summited uh, two two little mountains on a hike, and it was just amazing. You get this appropriate sense of smallness, yeah. and uh, um, and there you hear you hear a, a music, you know, like an awesome, uh, just musically rich piece on the radio and you're like whether it's rock or 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 country or classical or whatever and and it evokes these things in you that there's something bigger there's something more there there's um there's more than just this automatic grind this day in and day out thing and um um when you're brave enough to stop and say are you out there god uh you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get something back that for me that initial braveness was difficult was it for you, Steve? That that it was more difficult than the actual journey. No, I th- I think um, fortunately, I had one of those aha moments. Yeah, I think he just came down and just grabbed me. Uh huh. Nothing subtle. No. And and as they say, the rest is history. Yeah. So I that that was that was pretty much what happened to me. Yeah. 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 Great story, uh, Steve. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for coming in today. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this conversation. I just wanted to take the time to thank you for what you're doing here and what you're doing with the Safe Coalition. I know we've had discussions about that, and that is that is quite a project that has grown and grown and grown with your leadership. And most of all, thank you for your friendship. Steve, thank you for, for your friendship and for sharing your faith experience and your, your life uh, so transparently with me over the, all these years. Again, the anecdote to loneliness is connection. The anecdote to so much is connection. And again, for people that want to check out the New England uh, Chapel, you are currently worshiping at? 
40 Kenwood Circle. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. Yep. I don't want to think people who think that you've abandoned ship. You're there and very much active and thriving yep. at your Kenwood Circle uh, address. The website for New England Chapel is newenglandchapel.org. Very easy to get to. You'll find uh, Mike Laird, who is the pastor. That's L-A-I-R-D, who is the pastor at New England Chapel. You'll see the staff, their pictures, email addresses. Get in touch with them. Uh, have a conversation. Um, I can tell you one thing. I reached out to Mike uh, two weeks ago. He's here in the studio, busy guy, and Steve. And um, boy, I'm not disappointed uh, that I did. And I hope uh, we'll have many more of these conversations. So for my guests from the New England Chapel, Mike Laird and Steve Flores, my name's Jim Derrick. This has been Chapters Radio, and I'll see you next week. 